0: So, Father God, you're so good. God, and there is power in your name. Jesus, we love you. We love what you're doing in our midst. Father, we ask that you'd be with us today as we learn more about you, as we come to hear your word. And, Father, I just pray that you'd, you'd bless the people that are here the people who are listening online who can't make it today. Father, that you'd be with each one, that you'd give them a heart of understanding. Father, and that you would speak to them through the message this morning. God, I pray that over this service in your name. Amen. Amen. Excellent. So, I am continuing... On through Psalms, um, we started the the series on the Pilgrim songs, the these uh, Psalms of ascent, uh, which is the uh, the traveling songs, right? The as they they did their pilgrimage to Jerusalem, as these is- Israelites went. So I'm going to read today Psalm 125, and then we're going to talk about it a little bit. Psalm 125, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. From this time forth and forevermore, for the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous lest the righteous stretch out their hands to do wrong. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good, and to those who are upright in their hearts. But those who turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with evildoers. Peace be upon Israel. So, going to laugh at me and say, what does this have to do with the psalm, you know, nut job? Safety gear. Safety features. I think when I'm thinking safety gear, I'm thinking like harnesses. Anybody who's done fall arrest or does work high up those harnesses. Those wonderful ones that you don't want to dangle by. Or I think of like uh, keys that are tethered so that if you fall off of a piece of power equipment, the kill switch goes and it's not gonna run you over or something. A lot of times, um, we're, we're pretty confident in the ability of the safety gear to protect us or work as it's supposed to, right? Does um, anybody, I, I know there's people in here who have done the fall arrest course for work, likely, Did they have to dangle you? Did you? Yeah. Yeah. It it catches you. It's uncomfortable, but it catches you when you're falling, right? And there's a specific way that you have to use it to ensure that it works. So, for instance, the keys that are tethered to you, the the kill switch, if you don't have it tethered to you, when you fall off, it's going to keep going. And I... I recently heard a story about somebody who didn't have it tethered, and they ended up falling out of their boat, and the boat went around and hit them a couple of times. The the harnesses for working at heights. The image that comes to mind. Watching work happen nearby where I was living a few years ago, they were redoing a roof The roofing company had guys up there. They were harnessed. They were tethered. It was great. But as I looked out the window and I saw the tether attached come down the roof and touch the ground and go back up to where the worker was harnessed, that's not necessarily going to uh, be very effective at stopping you if you fall. So if we don't use it properly, it's not gonna work properly. And even when we do use it properly, it's prone to human failure because they're human devices. We've created them. They're not perfect. Whether it's a a stitch in a harness that isn't quite how it should be or the tether has a little break in it so it snaps. Human devices, they're prone to failure. But isn't it good to know that God's better than anything that we can contrive? Even when we screw up and act dumb, we know that God has us. And that's what this psalm is about. We're looking at... at The ability for us to have confidence in God. Israel can have confidence in God. So when we look at this psalm, we see uh, that central mark of God's people, of trusting in God. Um, And there's there's, uh, that confidence in that trustworthiness. The fact that God's not going to fail, God's not going to let them down. And this comes after an acknowledgement. Last week, Pastor Nick talked about the need for mercy and and Israel acknowledging and crying out, saying, hey, we we haven't been the greatest. We understand that. But God, you're a God of mercy. So after this acknowledgement of their need for mercy, this psalm is a reminder of he in whom all things are held together. And that's not us, because we can't hold everything together. We're human. We can't do that. This confidence in God's trustworthiness is where Christian faith begins. And our lives should continue in that pattern as we walk through it. So the psalmist outlines here four things known to those who trust in God. So if we look at verse 1. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. Mount Zion. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. It's God's holy mountain. It's rock solid. unshakable. It's a common descriptions that we find throughout the psalms right psalm 46 verses 4 to 5 there's a river whose streams make glad the city of god the holy habitation of the most high god is in the midst of her she shall not be moved when god's in the midst of our lives he is we become unshakable god dwells within our hearts within our lives we become unshakable there's stability there And when trials come, he says that you will be immovable. If you trust in God, you will be immovable. There are descriptions uh, of this as a citadel, which is a big fortification that uh, that's not going to collapse easily under hardships, under attack. It takes a lot to uh, take down a citadel. Um, big, big military uh, installations that, uh, I mean, we don't really do citadels anymore, but they were built to be unshakable so that you couldn't get in there. And we see Jesus speak about this a little bit in Matthew 7. And before before I go to it, we know, we, you'll know the story once we get there. But the, the song Build My Life was going through my head when, um, not Build My Life, I'm sorry, that's the wrong song. Firm Foundation was going through my head when I, when I was reading this and when I was writing this. And there's in there the bridge, it says, the rain came and the wind blew, but my house was built on you. That foundation, if Jesus is at the center of this, if we trust God with our lives, we have that firm foundation, the house will stand. Then there's another song that went through my head, and I might need help with this one. I know there's actions. The the wise man built his house upon the rock, right? And then the the foolish man built his house upon the sand, and the Rains came down, the floods came up. Yeah, I've, we've got people doing the actions over on the side here. I should have just brought them up to sing the song for you. So this is a truth that we see in the New Testament in Matthew 7. And it's something that is is such a big truth to us that we have songs that teach us that truth over and over again. From kids to being up here so the wise man in Matthew 7 the parable that Jesus tells the wise man builds his house on a rock and the foolish man builds his house on the sand so then the storm comes through the floods the rains the storm the wind it tears down the house that's on unstable ground but those who built on the rock capital R rock Jesus God they're safe Actually, that's part of the... No, that's a different song. Sorry. The song is too old for me to remember at this point. Uh, but they're safe. Their house, what they, their life, it remains firm and unshaken because they built it on Jesus. But if we build it on things other than God try to do it under our own power. And I know we've got some amazing carpenters and skilled tradespeople here, but I'm sorry, you got nothing on Jesus. If we rely on God as that foundation, we become more stable. But that's only through God. In him alone do we have confidence for salvation. All other ground is sinking sand. And a final word on stability. It doesn't mean that we don't get to grieve. We don't get to weep. We don't get to cry out to God. It means that we know that in the midst of these trials, when we are seeing dark times and we're struggling, God is still God. God is good, and he has us. And I, so we had a worship night here last night. Um, it was really good. Uh, it was our second one that we've done. Uh, I had a really hard time going throughout the evening not preaching my my message for this morning because it really seemed like there was a lot of a lot of this going on last night, that stability that God has for us. Um, because a lot of people are struggling with a lot of things. And it was very much an evening of healing, is the word that I have. Um, And understanding exactly that, that God is God and God is good and he has us. He offers stability when we trust in him, even when things are dark and difficult. So what about the next couple of verses verses two to three as the mountains surround jerusalem so the lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore for the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous lest the righteous stretch out their hands to do wrong we're looking at security now this has to do with security from God Uh, and we're seeing we're, we're seeing a shift in imagery here so God's being described as the mountains all around Jerusalem right as the mountains surround Jerusalem they're stable still yes but they're also protective. So you've got the city built within a crater almost. You've got mountains all around. They're protective. Our world is heavily concerned with security these days. I mean, so many ads these days about protecting yourself from this or that. I mean, insurance definitely plays off of that a lot when uh, when you're listening on the radio and they're like, Feel more secure about your boat about your cyber stuff they play off of those fears security is so important to us these days Um, we're constantly seeking security in all aspects of our life and here we find a reminder of where our ultimate security actually comes from we can lock ourselves in our house and do everything we can to protect ourselves but our ultimate security comes from somewhere else. God surrounds his people in the same way that the mountains did for Jerusalem. And they acted as protection against invading forces. So you either had to hike over the mountains to try to mount a surprise attack, which doesn't always work out if you look at history. Often those attacks um, resulted in half of the invading force dying, trying to get over the mountains or you had to go through the passes. And because of those passes, there were certain passes that you could get through, they were heavily defended. So it was really hard to get through there. Jerusalem was a defensible city. This is actually another common theme that we see throughout the Psalms, though. Psalm 34, 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. God provides stability for us, but he also surrounds us. If we trust him, he surrounds us, he protects us. Those who trust in God have a mountain range surrounding them. That doesn't allow things in that God doesn't permit. And this doesn't mean that there won't be trials. We can get that in our head all the time. Oh, because I trust in God, I will never face any trials. Uh, uh. No, I, that's that's just not the way that it is. Jesus tells us that that's not the way that it is. When we trust in God and we follow him, there's going to be conflict. We're going to face things. But when we trust in God, there's stability through those things. But we can be confident that the God who loves us holds us close. And then further on in, in, in verse 3, it states that those who trust in God will be protected from wicked leaders. Wicked leaders. There's been a lot of those throughout history, there's a lot of those alive right now. The psalm is teaching that no evil power will be allowed to come against Jerusalem if they trust in God. However, I mean, we've got the rest of the the story that we get to read, so we know some spoilers here. But if, if Israel doesn't put their trust in him, destruction will follow. That's what it says. We know where the story goes and see the result played out. Israel ends up enduring godless rulers because of their indiscretions, because they stop trusting him. They keep wandering off and doing things on their own, under their own power, because I would rather do this. But God won't let the unrighteous rule his people forever. Another spoiler alert. The king of kings comes to turn the world upside down. Jesus comes and completely changes their understanding of how things work. And he'll come again to establish a new eternal kingdom. In this hope, we are secure. And I'm going to put a little side note on leadership here. Though leaders may not be godly and exemplify righteousness, righteousness, We're called to pray for them, that they may lead well. So this is just your friendly reminder to continue to lift your leaders in prayer. Even if we don't agree with the decisions that they're making, we need to pray for them in hopes that they will begin to make the right decisions. God can change anyone. So then we can also be confident in his goodness, so verse 4, do good, O Lord, to those who are good and to those who are upright in their hearts. So there's a shift now to a prayer. This is a prayer crying out for God to show his goodness to the people. This is an acknowledgement that those who trust in God experience his goodness. When we look at Ephesians 2 verses eight to ten for by the grace of god you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it is the gift of god not a result of works so that no one may boast for we are his workmanship created in christ jesus for good works which god prepared beforehand that we should walk in them only by the goodness of god are we granted the grace of salvation Only through his goodness do we have any hope of that. Because if he wasn't good, he wouldn't offer that to us. But we have that opportunity to have a life that is right with Jesus. To have a a, a life where we follow God. Where those who are good and those who are upright, those who trust in the Lord... Can experience his goodness and his goodness extends to um, those who trust in him for this Uh, what specifically when we surrender um, ourselves in humility and walk with him because again it's not about us none of the stuff that we do can ever can ever get us there we have to give it up to god and let him guide us and say, Yeah, Jesus, I want to follow you. And we know that he's good. James 4 6 says, Oh, taste and see, the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. So this imagery keeps coming back. They keep referring to the previous points here. Take refuge in God, trust in God, and you'll know his goodness. And we need to to take that goodness, we need to emulate it, and we need to walk in that. We need to walk in holiness. Which is what we're going to look at in verse 5. There's a change in tone here. But those who turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with evildoers. Peace be upon Israel. Those who don't humble themselves before God are going to have consequences. You love that word, hey? Consequences. Such a positive image there. There's going to be consequences. When they turn away from God, he'll give them a push in that direction. If you're going to turn away, there's a little nudge. See what it's like. So the psalm here gives us a little bit of an ultimatum. Blessing or banishment? Trust God and receive the blessing or reject him and perish a tough choice, eh? As much as we might joke about that, we're on the good side of that. But in reality, how often do we see those around us willingly reject God? And how many times do we see brothers and sisters of the faith willingly turn away from Him? and reject him. People who know the ultimatum. People who know what the consequences will be. To us, it's a no-brainer, but to the w- rest of the world, they just miss it. It's like when uh, when we're trying to teach our, teach our kids about consequences. Pretty sure most parents have probably tried to do that, yes. I would imagine, hopefully. Here, here's one that I like that I uh, <coughs> maybe had an encounter with when I was younger. Don't touch the element. It's hot. It'll burn you. But it's glowing red. It's so attractive. Yeah. Proceeded to touch the element. Not a great idea. There were consequences to my actions. I was told that there were consequences to my actions. I was told what those consequences were, and I still did it. So we think, oh yeah, it's a no-brainer, but think about kids. Think about people who we tell, this isn't going to end well for you. And it's not even just kids. I mean, young adults, not even just young adults, everybody. Consequences of speeding, consequences for drinking too much, consequences for adultery. All of these things, that they know there are consequences. They know how things will play out, but they still do it. So as much as it's a no-brainer, easier said than done. It's our job to help guide those around us through this to come to know God. Because in his holiness, he doesn't tolerate evil. He receives people back with open arms, yeah. There's there's always room for the prodigal, the one who comes back. But there is no place in his kingdom for willful difficulties. Willful disobedience. So the the, the psalmist ties it off with a really fitting farewell. Peace be with Israel. Peace be upon Israel, I'm sorry. If you trust in God and have confidence in him, this peace can be yours the low, low price of free gift. Trust in God. Without Him, worry and anxiety fill the air. When we're not trusting God with our lives, and and I, I deal with anxiety issues at the best of times, and if I let that slip and forget that God is God, I, I went through that at one point and I shut down. Without God at the helm, we don't stand a chance when it comes to that kind of stuff. But you can rest well when your trust is in the Lord. We look to Philippians 4, 6-7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus we only come to know this peace when we develop a trusting relationship with Jesus so I have some questions for you today for what do you need to trust God today challenge are you facing what fear do you have what hardship are you experiencing what frustration are you enduring these are all opportunities to trust god and have confidence in his stability in his security in his goodness, and in his holiness. The psalm is a reminder of that. And it's really tough to do that alone. So know that you have a community, a family all around you today. If you look around you, everybody in these seats, this is the community that will support you in prayer, in being there to help you through those things, to remind you of his stability, his security, his goodness, and his holiness. They'll help you to trust in God and walk through your storms with you. Be encouraged today as you walk in the confidence of your Father. Jesus, we thank you for this reminder. God, for this psalm that is such an encouragement. God, for us, for for the, the understanding that it's not all doom and gloom. God, that you are good, that you are with us, that you provide stability, you provide security. Father, that your goodness endures. And, Father, that you are holy and that will overcome all. But, God, as we walk through this life, this imperfect life, this kingdom that's that's not yet, Father, as we prepare the way for your kingdom, God, I just pray that you would let each and every one here today who is struggling with something in their hearts, God, help them understand that you're with them through that. Put people in their paths from among their family here today. God, who are going to lift them up, who are going to pray with them, who are going to walk beside them. And let them know that you have them, God. That, Jesus, you're the rock. And if we trust you, Father, nothing can move us. Nothing can shake our faith. But we need to trust you, and that's where it starts. So, God, I just pray that that each one would, would uh, begin to trust in a way that they haven't, they haven't before. Father, even though some of us may have a strong relationship with you, God, I pray that that trust would just grow and grow and grow and grow. That we would be more confident in what you are doing, God. The work that you are doing in us and through us and around us. God, I take this opportunity to pray for our community, Father. Those that we do life with on a day-to-day basis, God, that we would show them that we would lead them to you, Father, that they would see your heart through us, that we would introduce them to the stability and security, Father, that you provide that they would see your goodness. Father, we lift up our leaders within this congregation, other leaders in Dryden, municipal leaders, provincial, federal, world leaders. God, we pray for each one right now. Father, because you are coming back to establish your eternal kingdom. But in the meantime, Father, we've got to work with what we've got. And we know that it's not forever. But God, we pray that you would lead them and guide them. And that you would be with them. And God, for those who are in our congregation who are suffering, Father, from illness, from sorrow, people who are grieving right now, God, I just pray that you would be with them, with their families, as they work through whatever it is that they're working through. God, God that those that are here today and who are listening online, watching online, God, that they would understand that you are God and you have your purposes and we pray that your will would be done in whatever is going on through their lives. God, we thank you and we love you.